engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello, hello, hello. Billy Garish, pillar of community. I certainly, I think, have a pillar of the community sitting across from me. Uh, he goes by day by the name of Rob Clark. Welcome. Thank you so much, Billy. <laughs> Thrilled to be here. Are you kidding me? When, uh, when I started this thing not too long ago, um, like a week ago, um, one, of the, one of the first persons that popped in my head was you. Oh, I, I love know, it. I don't know why, but I kind of do know why. We've always sort of had a simpatico. <clears throat> Definitely so. You've always you've always been an artist at heart, uh, and uh, yeah. look at you you're you're making it happen right now with the podcast. I yeah. love it. Amen. I mean, start I me mean, with you when you started. When, when did you start writing your resilient worker blog? So believe it or not, it was six and a half years ago. So cool. Yeah. So I made a a promise to myself I was going to write every week for one year, fifty two. Yeah. And that was it. That was the promise that I made. Yeah. And slowly i just got more and more followers and i just kept doing it and it just took on a when, life of its own so six and a half years that would put that would put you when in like the fall yeah yeah hold on time out. did you just w- wake up one day no you know i i'd always had the idea you know i was um always been kind of a positive guy yes right yes. always had that that energy and i wanted to channel it in a, in a positive way and um, I, at the time, the company I was working for was going through kind of a negative time. There was yeah. a lot of very negative talk at the water cooler. Yeah. And um, I wanted to combat that in a, in a, in a way that I could control. Yeah. Right? And, and I could control what I could do with the blog. And so I started writing about just local little issues at work, little issues in your personal life. Um, and soon, like I said, it took on a took on a life of its own, and I started realizing that resiliency wasn't just about the office; it was about your personal life as yeah. well, and the way you live your life, right. and how people see you, right. and how you see yourself. Yeah. And it, I really got clarity through the writing. In other words, I didn't go into it saying, "Here's my mission; this is what I'm going to do." Right. I just dove right into it and said, "I'm going to do this 52 times. This could crash and burn. I have <laughs> no idea where it's going." Um, and it just so happened I got clarity through it, and then my audience kind of caught on to that clarity, and I never stopped. And it was hard at first, I have to say, to come up with an original story every week. I mean, it was it was one of those butterflies in the stomach, like, how am I going to do this? Pressure. But I promised. you know, I promised yeah. my parents, promised my friends, promised my family I would do it, so I had to come up with it. And then once I did it for about six months... Literally, it was so natural. Yeah. You know, it's just there. And I, I think that's that way with a lot of things. Yeah. You know, like that, that are really challenging at first. And the more you do it, yeah. it's kind of easy to say. Yeah. But really, the more you do it, the easier it is. And now I look at life through a resilient worker lens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's now, now it comes to me and it's so organic that I have, I've got stories for the rest of my life. It's unreal. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's I think there's some, some, something definitely to be said for this is what I'm doing for x amount of time writing it down and then the public element oh. the, the shame element no, that's... of making people aware of what i'm going my, what i endeavored to do for sure i accountability. mean you talk about accountability <laughs> you make it you make it public and you yeah. make it to the people you really care about yeah. and you've got accountability yeah. you can't back out I, I liken it to um you know, even even to marriage, right? You yeah. get up there and you say in front of your best man and your Such family, like, point. I'm going to be true yeah. to this person. Yeah. You better do it, yeah. right? These are the people you care about. So that's, uh, that's, that's such a good point. You know, yeah. it's, uh, so when you, what, do you remember your first blog? 
I do. Yeah. The, I was I was scrolling trying to find it. You, I had to scroll through a lot. Yes. So six and a half years will put you at what, almost four hundred something like that. Uh, yeah. You know I haven't done the math on it. So let's think Some, about it. What's what's there. six times? Fit, look, quick uh, math on the about, about three fifty going yeah. on four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So I'm probably right. I should probably celebrate my four hundredth block. I'll go back and count. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably crack, soon. Crack a beer. Yeah. But my first one was uh, what is resilience? You know, just kind of defining it. And I was really it was a question for it's myself. Great. You know, what is resilience? Yeah. And I, I kind of broke it down. I used the Webster's um, kind of definition. And then I just laid out my mission. Yeah. I just said, here's what I'm writing it for. Yeah. And come hell or high water, we're writing 52 of these. Yeah. Let's go. And um, I got some really positive comments and some great encouragement. And that, that encouragement is so important, right? So because important. you're writing in a bubble. Like we're kind of talking yeah. in a bubble. Yeah. You don't know who's going to listen, who cares, who shares your point of view. And you just got to kind of jump off the cliff and do it. And I got some really positive comments, which helped me. And every time I get those, it just helps me write another one and, and keep going. And it's Yeah, it's uh, fuel to the fire. It it's, is. It's hard, it's hard to know um, wh- who exactly you said, who's reading, who's listening. You know? And a lot of people might be, but you don't really know until someone might call you or respond to you or leave a comment. Yes. Um, it, and then that one of those is just enough yeah you know? <laughs> and i think about that in one my own life enough. one is enough yeah. but you're so right it doesn't have to be a hundred yeah. you know yeah. i don't have you yeah. know this is a very local thing right yeah. it's not like i'm yeah. famous or anything yeah. like that yeah i get one comment from someone i care about i'm good to go yeah and i think about it for myself like there are lots of times where i read something that's pretty cool or yeah. or, or have a memory of a buddy or you know buddy's parent or something like that that i just kind of keep to myself yeah and i think well, let me call him let me call her. Let me tell them, yeah. you know, because people love to hear that. Yeah. And a lot of times we just keep it to ourselves and we assume. Yeah. Amen. Um, when you said earlier to, um, for accountability, to like put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's almost maybe a double-edged sword in a way that like, yeah, yes, you have to do it. But number two, on the other side, people will be asking me, like, what do you, what are you writing about this week? Oh, the yeah. interest is another, it goes hand in hand with what you're saying. It just helps push you. It helps give you that wind at the back. Definitely. Know? People around you, you know, curious. Yeah. You know? Well, now I get, you know, I get people uh, coming to me with ideas, mm-hmm. right? And they're saying, hey, what are you writing about this week? Or, hey, I just read that. I didn't realize you were on vacation. You know, yeah. I'll write a personal story. Yeah. And that just says, okay, gosh, you know, someone's listening. You know, that's great. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing where sort of motivation comes from. You said when you're... Um, in the office space, there's there's negativity around the water cooler. Yeah, um, and uh, it to com- almost like to combat that, you almost have to see what you don't like in order to see what you like. You know, yeah, you're not gonna go for like the opposite of what you're surrounded around. Is that sort of correct? Like, yeah, yeah, I just went. I went. You know, what is it? Not 360. 180. Mm-hmm. I went 180, 180 on it. Yep. And I said, okay, let me just surround myself with positivity. Let me get this message out there yeah. as a way to combat it yeah. because you can. You know, you can certainly ignore it, right, and and go into your own world. But at some point, it absorbs into you when you have that much negativity. And so, sometimes you have to go on the offensive, you know, yeah. and just and just push out positivity yeah. as a, uh, you know, as a uh, force against it. Yeah, there's a um, a really cool, I think, idea. It's called like the law of association, mm-hmm. um, and it's like you are the product of uh, of the of your environment and your workspace and mm-hmm. who you're married to and your friends and stuff. But the, the, I would say three, four people you identify as the closest people. That My dad always used to say, you're judged by the company you keep. Yes. Uh, but just being aware of 
who is who is your inner circle. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because that would, um, that sh- inevitably uh, shapes you. Right. You know, whether for good or for or bad, or it depends how you find good and bad, but it depends on what who you want to be. That's right. the people you want to surround yourself with. Yes, exactly. And it's so easy to take those people for granted. Yes. Right. And and I do. Yeah. I mean, we all do. I think, yeah. you know, we, we have our everyday lives and, yeah. and, and we live them and we just take for granted. We're surrounded by people that will give us positive energy mm-hmm. uh, until we don't, yeah. until we aren't, until yeah. we lose someone in the community, yeah. you know, until we lose yeah. someone close to us. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize how great that was. Yeah. And there's only 24 obvious hours in the day. And it's like, you know, who are you going to be around? Right. And I'm saying that time is like, there's a great quote. It's uh, time is the ultimate commodity. Right. You know, it's not like gold or whatever, or money or silver. And but it's not, it's not till we it's, get it's older. Time. It's yeah. like nobody can do anything with it. There's a finite amount of it. So mm-hmm. and how, how are you going to spend it? You know? Yep. Smiling. Yeah, that's positive. right. Smiling in the cube. And, and wait, and exactly. Smiling. <laughs> in the, I remain Rob Clark smiling in the cube. <laughs> no doubt. There's another great, just keep these ideas or quotes keep coming to me. Yeah. Um, do as best you can with what you have in your little corner of your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then who knows where that'll lead. Yeah. So the whole premise behind the resilient worker. Cubicle with the best yeah, the, cubicle. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep, and then inevitably, I think would brim brim off over the cubicle to other things, and it's infectious. Yeah. It's like winning's a habit and then losing's a habit. So yeah. it's, you decide. Yeah, you know? tell a little story on that. Please do. Yeah, so I mean, the whole premise behind the resilient worker is, you know, we're not trying to change the world; we're just trying to make our corner a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I told you early on, you know. I was just writing and I was finding my voice and you know, if you read the, go back to the early blogs, they're not very good. I'm kind of embarrassed by them, but I was putting it out to the world you gotta put it, and, you, gotta have it out there, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's kind of how you get better. Yeah. But what I realized, I realized the mission of it. And I realized that whole premise that you brought up about your corner of the world, mm-hmm. making it as best you can. So when I, I did an interview with Roger Staubach mm-hmm. and I thought I went down out to Dallas. I sat with him for three so cool. hours. So the cool. most incredible guy. Yeah. I'm just telling you, there's my not, dad was a big fan of, of his, when I was kind of getting started, yeah, no, no. what you're saying. Yeah. When I was getting out of out of Duke into the workforce in Stallbacks in real estate, correct? Mm-hmm. He's like, you should go down there and do what you did. You know, never did. Yeah. But he was my dad was very taken by. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, not only you know, great man, you know, great Catholic, great family guy. Obviously, incredible athlete. Went to the Naval Academy, and then the real estate. I mean, his real estate yeah. empire was was enormous. Yeah. And it was you know it was really built on solid moral foundation. I spent three hours with him. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is yeah. where my blog goes big time. Yeah. You know, it's Roger Staubach. Yeah. And I came back and I wrote up the story and there's all kinds of funny stories about that. But the bottom line is I published it yeah. and it didn't get nearly the reception as say like a, a coach Tropia, yeah. right? Or, yeah. or a coach Williams or yeah. a, um, any local coach or hero that I wrote about. And that's when I realized like it's about our corner of the world. You get that down, you're a pillar in your own community, yeah. to use your words, yeah, yeah. and the rest will take care of itself. But you got to concentrate on that corner right, and let it spill over. And that's, that's when I rededicated myself to the blog. And it's, it's, it's stuff I think local people care about. Yeah. And because I'm so true to that, it then had kind of a more of a national exposure and it attracted the publisher and was able to get the book and the whole deal. Yeah. But it wouldn't have happened if I had just kind of scattershot across yeah. the country about different interesting stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that do that, I guess, you know. I was right. this morning I was listening to you know you know the name Paul Rabel? 
Yeah, sure. Look yeah, at yeah. PLL. Mm-hmm. He uh, <clears throat> he has a blog. It's called Suiting Up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder who's, who's he got on there? And I pull it up, and it's like Steph Curry. I'm like, <laughs> it's like the, the 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 star of all stars. Correct. You know what I'm saying. And I was thinking about my I, I, anything you start n- new and everything. There's a lot of introspection. There's a lot of insecurity. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of you know figuring things out. It's on your mind a lot, and and, and it is with with this thing that I'm trying to do. Yeah, um, there are a lot of similarities to what you're doing now because you you work out all these things. Yeah. And when I wrote those first blogs, yeah, I hit publish. I was like, money. Those are so good. Yeah. You know, it's it, it yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. It's gonna be great. And a year later, I've evolved so much as a writer and in yeah. in the way that I attack these things. And like I said, I was embarrassed by them. Yeah. But you're never going to get that way unless you just put yourself out there to yeah. the world. Yeah. Right. It's the best way to get better at yeah. anything. The first right? step's the hardest. Yeah. And you, gotta, and, gotta you, and you fail and, and you iterate yeah. and the whole yeah. deal. And there's a reason why, like, to get. Cujo. Cujo. Exactly right. Um, guard dog. That's to right. Get, to get religious on you. I mean, there's a yeah. reason why in the Garden of Eden when. They uh, they ate the apple and they're naked and they became ashamed. It's right. a similar idea, I think, of putting yourself out into a new venture. It's like you're quote unquote exposed, and you're very vulnerable. Yes. And uh, but with through vulnerability, you can you you grow. And you're never gonna really grow by sitting on a nice comfy sofa. Right. You know you gotta push. Uh, when I when I taught your son uh, Justin at Modern Day, mm-hmm. I'd always say. Um, Outside your comfort zone, what was the one I was saying? Do something that scares you every day. Right. You know, yep. that, that sort of idea. That's it, exactly. It's like the athlete who only tries out for sports he's not going to get cut in or that he's good in, right? And if you don't have that experience of being not the best at something or, yeah. God forbid, cut from something, yeah. you know, yeah, it's really going to be a challenge when, yeah. when that does come because yeah. eventually life is going to cut you in something, right? You're yeah. going to hit adversity at some point. Mm-hmm. And the more you put yourself out there, the more you realize eh, it's not so bad. Yeah, right? It's exactly, not so bad. Exactly right. But back to your, what you're saying about local. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I was listening. I listened to the uh, Steph Curry Rabel, yep. and I went for a long run, like I told you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was thinking about just like the approach, and I mean, I'm like, I think the idea is keep it really local. You mm-hmm. know, like my when I was sort of writing my mission, mission statement for this thing. And I said, hyper local podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, inevitably, if you get down to the core of a lot of like successful people or people you look up to, um, whether they're on the largest stage or whether they're like a real, like I talked to my mailman yesterday, I want him on. Um, it doesn't matter almost who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you dig to the core and it's a very, very similar nugget. Yep. that you you get to no matter who you know the person's name or not yes yeah people are, are generally the same yeah you know what i mean yeah. i wrote yeah. i wrote this blog about the um consequential strangers uh-huh. in my life uh-huh. and that whole concept you know talking about your you know the mailman or person that shines your shoes your barber whoever yeah and the more interesting conversations you can have with these people yeah the better off you'll be because you'll realize that everyone's the same and yeah. you'll you'll uncover that nugget yeah you know if you if you look closely enough yeah. and those are all out there in our community yeah they're there yeah uh, amen and uh to stick with the same sort of point if you want to get even more local then you get to the person inside the cubicle which is yourself right you know? yes and uh initially called this thing pillars of our community but i'm thinking about changing it to pillars of community mm-hmm. because it starts with 
you as the as the pillar, working right. out pillar of community. You are your own community. Yes, I think even in um, Plato when he wrote his Republic, Republic's about the perfect state, right? Mm-hmm. But he but before he gets into that, I believe he talks about uh, dedication to the self. You know, mm-hmm. educating the self, uh, getting the self to be the best thing. Uh, so the instruments of the community could all work. If the instruments are messed up, it's not going to create a good whole. Correct. So, Yep, that's right. And so it starts with the biggest pillar, yeah. which again is yourself. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you have to get you in order for uh, anything else to really to roll. You know, I was listening to, uh, doing a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's listening good. To, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan. Okay. Uh, do you do any podcast? Listen to any podcast? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I listen to Joe Rogan for cool, sure. Cool. Um, I listened to um, a new uh, podcast called No Stupid Questions, which is uh-huh. um, uh, kind of interesting. It's, it's the woman from from Grit, Angela Duckworth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, she teams up with uh, I forgot his name now, but it's uh, it's really interesting. No stupid, questions. no stupid questions. That's a good one. Check that out. And then um, uh, the Art of Science. Which is also pretty interesting. Interesting, you know, just talking about uh, the hidden brain. Yeah, you know, and what motivates people. Interesting. What is the hidden brain? What do you mean? So the hidden the hidden brain is um, all all the thing you know the things we take for granted, like why we react a certain way, why we get angry. Mm-hmm. It's the science behind that. So what you know, what is actually triggered in your brain to make that happen? It's amazing. Yeah. That's that's I always think the brain is like the final and maybe unreachable frontier. Yeah. You know, because if you think about it, it's the brain under trying to understand itself, mm-hmm. you know, and it's almost like a paradox that cannot be cracked. Right. Your head explodes if you yeah. think about it too long. Yeah, you can't. It's right. like you, the brain can understand the arm, the brain can understand the lung, right. you know, but the brain can understand itself. I don't know about that one. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, the, hid- that's, was, that's the hidden brain. That's you know what? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that podcast's already being done, but I was going to say, why don't you just change this to the hidden brain? But yeah. it's already been done. <laughs> yeah. right. um, that's why I always, I sometimes refer to like that as like God world. You know, right. you're gonna get to a point of like diminishing returns, or at some point, it's like an asymptote. You know, yeah. like it's a curve. You're never quite gonna get to that line. Yes, you can get. I think everyone is kind of called to get as close to that line as possible. That that vertical line, but it's always gonna be a half of a half of a half of a half yes. of a half infinite regress uh, regression, and it's just like. And that line, because that line is the idea is like God, you know, it's yeah. like you can't get there. Well, freshman year, we had this teacher, Mr. Hartling, and he said, first, right away, you know, we're just coming out of grade school, don't yeah. know which end yeah. is up. Yeah. He goes, I want you to think about this. God always is, always was, and always will be. Spend 20 minutes thinking about that. And as like a 13 year old, I was a young for my class, 13 <laughs> year old, I'm like, I can't, I don't understand it. How is that possible? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the same thing. It's, uh, it's wild stuff. It's wild stuff. So, how's your golf game? My so golf game. Golf the other day. Thank you for asking. It's uh, it's better. I, I started I started late in life. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. you know, I was always an athlete, a late but, bloomer. but never a good a lot golfer. Of like me. Yeah. Correct. I'm a yeah, a late bloomer, but I wasn't really blooming too much. I was just late. Yeah, I was just late. And, uh, <laughs> late than never. Correct. And so I struggled for about ten years, but I'm actually turning a corner now. So I played the other day. You know, got my first uh, nine holes in it, Sligo. You it's know, a good a little, way to start. Uh, for Sligo. sure. A little warm-up round. You got and, that grill uh, fired up felt there? Felt good. What's, uh, fire up no, grill or is that no there? grill. 
COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Yep. But it's a cool little. But it's an, still a nice little hangout afterwards. Anyway. Amen. Yes. We should. Uh, how's prep? Is prep's course open for? It's play? open, but I but think I don't even, you can't really get on campus. You can't get on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Soon yeah. enough. Soon enough. We'll be out of right this. Right after this, I'm playing over at Columbia. Might be my first round, and I don't know how. Probably, that, maybe it's probably salty dog. Since the salty yeah, dog, yeah, that, back in August. That's a great tournament, Billy. It really is. Mm. Great time, great cause. Thank the you whole for deal. It. Thank you yep. for saying it. It's kind of like uh, maybe one of those things that, like, if you you're a model of consistency in what you did with your blog, right. um, and this is what I'm doing for fifty two. This is what I'm doing for a year. Um, um, sign, write it, sign it, tell your wife, tell your son and your friends. Um, with the salty dog, uh, it's a similar product because it's like I'm doing it every year. I'm doing it every year. I never really see, now in hindsight, I see it's a really a good model of of an example of consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's been going for 16 years, wow. and it's um, got a, a a large group of people following. And raised good funds for people that really needed it at the Washington Jesuit Academy. Um, and just the idea of consi- the idea of consistency, mm-hmm. how important that is to live the life you want to live. For sure. You know? And it's hard. I mean, consistency is hard. I mean, look at you know, this past year during COVID, like getting the salty dog off the ground, mm-hmm. right? But, the, but there's something to it. I'm telling you, there's something magical about doing something on a consistent basis, whether it's every week, every month, once a year, whatever it is. Yeah. And no matter what, no matter what, sticking with it. Yeah, and it's like, how do you know what the thing is that you should do? Yes. Is, you know, that's, the, that's the question of like the pillar, understanding your own pillar. Yep. You know, I was listening to uh, Rogan and Tyson. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson. Oh, that's a good one. God, he's an interesting guy. Yeah really introspective mm-hmm. um he did one two years ago and he's like they're both smoking weed and they're both and tyson's like i don't i don't like i don't like the fighter that i was i'm a different kind of guy you know um i've found my peace now i don't work out because if i work out that'll like activate my competitiveness and i'll start wanting to fight mm-hmm. so he just kind of like chills and does a little bit of bike work and smokes and just kind of melt stay mellow right. and then he's like two years later it, they interviewed him right before he fought. Mm-hmm. He did the fight against Roy Jones Jr. <clears throat> right before that, it kind of maybe a promo or something. He's like, that guy I was two years ago. I was just suppressing the real animal that I am. Yeah, there I'm you go. Fighter, Get back heart. to some fighting. I'm, I don't know what it is. It scares me sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It scares me sometimes. But like, I'm a fighter. Right? I'm, a fighter. I'm a fighter at heart. But, I mean, is that not a perfect analogy? Like, you can try to keep everything inside right you can try to keep the genie in the bottle it's not gonna work for long handcuff yourself and stuff like that eventually who you are comes out like god put me on the earth to to you know to to do what i do right and now he he did that fight with roy jones and uh did you watch any of that i did oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i was a huge tyson i mean tyson was very formative for me it was right in my college years and and um you know his fall from grace was just unbelievable as it went, and he's he's stuck around. Yeah. He's been resilient, that's yeah. for sure. Amen to that. Because yeah. I think he keeps listening to his inner self, his inner voice. He's very honest with who he is. Yes. You know, maybe like when he was young, his younger days, he was probably a little distorted. You know, right. Customata was a huge influence in his life. He he moved on. He passed, I should say, mm-hmm. and didn't. Uh, you know, he's lured by women and wealth and who knows what. But then at some point. 
it rattled his cage. Yes. You know, it's like, I got to, I got to, you know, clean up my act here. Yep. <laughs> and good for him because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people will keep doing that until something really, really, really bad happens. Right. You know? No, absolutely. He, go ahead. No, like, oh. I, I was just going to say, it's kind of a, it, it's a tale for all of us, you know, to keep going. And, um, and no matter who your true self is, yeah. you don't know, you find out through those experiences, like yeah. everything got yeah. taken away from him and, and he deserved to have it taken away. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, you know, yeah. he was down a bad path. Um, but he stuck with it. And now, you know, 25 years later, we're still talking about him and yeah. watching a fight of a 55 year old man in the ring. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 55. Unbelievable. And Roy Jones, like 51 or something. Yep. That was so cool to see. And that everything they did, it's all for charities. Like, and then Joe Rogan's pushing him. It's like, I heard you're going to like fight for, for money again, prize fight again. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all. I'm going to, I'm going to continue fighting cause it's who I am and training. And he loves the training element, but, uh, it's all going to be good into charity. Yeah. Really neat. He's, he was saying that maybe it goes a lot like what we're saying, I think, is that who you are is never like who you are for always. Mm-hmm. It's never st- stamped in stone. Mm-hmm. So to be aware of the changing you. Right. You know? And I've known so many people that have, you know, even in the work world, right? You know, like I, maybe I was in my late thirties. They were in their early twenties out of college mm-hmm. and just a mess, you know, yeah, like just yeah. going out, not taking their work seriously yeah. and, and, and not getting through it. And then I reconnect with some of these guys and some of these girls later in life. And they're like, gosh, you know, I was really lost back then. Thank you for not, you know, throwing yeah. me out. Thank you for not firing yeah. me. I yeah. can't believe you didn't. Yeah. You know, I figured it out. And it's only in hindsight that I know that. Yeah. It's kind of like we were talking about with writing or doing the podcasting. Yeah. It's like, but in life, you're getting things out of your system. You're living your life. And they're not always great. And they're, it's not always something you're proud of. Yeah. And you don't always walk the line. Right. But doing that and having those mistakes and still coming back and trying makes you appreciate it even more. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's why you can't just, I mean, there's so many people, you, know, you talk about the desperation mm-hmm. of people, you know, just mm-hmm. living this quiet desperation, mm-hmm. you know, again, you don't have to shout everything from the highest mountaintop and, yeah. and do all that. But if you have an inkling to do something and try something and going for it, you got to go for it. You know, you said time is, is one of the, you know, the biggest commodities we have, yeah. you know, you're going to fail probably horribly. Yeah. Um, but think about how many people have been forgiven. Right, and how many people have made those similar mistakes, and they've made something out of themselves, yeah. and they found their true calling. Yeah, American land of forgiveness. Right. You know? Oh, totally. Everybody loves a second <laughs> act, you know. Until the second act, it's unbelievable. Like the uh, psychology of you don't want someone to succeed. Like like Steph Curry, they're saying that he's the most not hated, or disliked player of all, like the top upper echelon of players, because he's like six two. Right. And like Skinny. looks like he would just be have, a, have an office job or whatever. He looks very unassuming, but he can do these magical things with the basketball. Yep. And therefore, it causes people to be like, "That's not. I, I look just like him. I, I should be able to do that." Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're not like Kevin Durant. He's like seven foot and like you know like a like a freak. Looks totally. Like, you know, he plays basketball probably. Yeah. Um, Did you ever read the blog I wrote about um, the path, running on the path, and everyone joins the path at a different time? Yes, 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 yes. So it's that with, it. with Steph Curry. It's like you got to be careful who you compare yourself to. Yes. Right? I mean, what is it? Uh, FDR, comparison is a thief of joy. Huh. Right? And so it's 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 nice to have role models, you know, To <laughs> but, but once you start trying to keep up with the Joneses and trying to be someone else and get off your own path, yeah. then you're in trouble. Like you have to know 
Where it, when you join the pack. It's like uh, that. It's like knowing. It's like knowing yourself. Right. You know, like a lot of it kind of gets back to that. Yeah. Sometimes when you are, I've been there. I've been there many times. And you're like, you don't feel well. You're unhappy. You're depressed. You start looking out to what you want to be, but you know, yeah. you're fine. You're yeah. fine. Absolutely. You, know, you got to trust, like. Trust your casserole. Right. You know, like what, what's been baked in for much of your life. Totally. Yeah. Well, if you think about it from the sales standpoint, you know, all the classic sales books say, okay, if you're new in here and you're just getting up to speed, you know, first you listen, like mm-hmm. you've been listening to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. you listen, you watch, then you imitate. So you mm-hmm. see someone you appreciate and you imitate. And that's not going to get you there, though. That'll mm-hmm. get you started. Then you have to find your own voice. Yeah. Right. So you imitate. Until you find out what works, what doesn't work for you, and it's all tailored to the individual. Really but but it starts with observation, right? Yeah. Then it's imitation. Yeah. Then it's really finding that inner voice. Yeah. You gotta like sort of like pick and choose. You know, you're not gonna imitate, imitate. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you, you imitate like, for the rest of your I like life, this idea, I like this idea, but it's like you gotta like kind of attach it to like the orb that is inside you. Yes. And then and then let and let it. And then project out. Right. Unless you make it your own, you're never going to be authentic and you're never going to be as successful as you want to be because yeah. you're just copying, right? Which is different. 100% correct. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we have to wrap. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Holy smoke. It's been about a half hour. Wow. Um, and Time got, flies. Jump We're over the first tee. Yeah. But I, love I got it. you. I love it. Yeah. Um, check out uh, Rob Clark, the resilient worker. That's right. right. Yep. His uh, blog and also Rob wrote an awesome, awesome book. Um, called resilient. What is it? Everyday, Everyday resilience Resilient. for everyday heroes. Amen <laughs> to that. With the guy with the uh, superhero cape. Right? That's right. Um, so check that out. This is uh, Pillars of the Community. You can find this podcast where all your podcasts are found. <laughs> I guess I got to drop that line in there. And uh, so go jump on Apple and check it out. Um, rate it if you wouldn't mind. Uh, give a review. Be awesome. Um, and I'll catch you next time on Pillars. Thank you so much. Thank you, Billy. It's truly a pleasure. I love it. You're awesome. You're awesome. Go prep. Go prep. (laughs) Go Duke too. Yeah, why not? Go Duke.